Hey there, believers. Let's get through this commercial break first so we can enjoy a full show. Do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes? From the office to the outdoors, then please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware, buckle, and frame. All the labor, too, is right here in America. So when you buy from Squatch Survival Gear, you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home. I've become good friends with Chris. Um, He's a military vet. So all of these packs are made to mill spec. All right, so they're all military standard packs. They're good for everything. These things are virtually bomb proof. I promise you, I own two of them. I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. They cannot be beaten. I've I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The Squatch Survival gear changes the game. All right, I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just use it as a regular backpack, but it's so functional. It's it's just unbelievable quality. All right, so please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP. That's 23BUMP to save 15% site-wide. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When he turned his back, from shoulder to shoulder, looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Merry Christmas. I hope everyone is getting to spend time with those they love and doing what they enjoy and just remembering the reason for the season. Uh, if the audio sounds a little different, I'm just doing this from my phone in class. Um, everybody's gone right now. It's my planning period. We're getting ready to go on Christmas break. Um, the intercom may go off and interrupt me, but hopefully not. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, It would typically 
probably fall under a Sunday Musings episode because it it is of just me, right? Um, I'm I'm doing a uh, a lesson in church and I recorded it so I could share it here. And I usually do that on my Sunday Musings episodes, but I wanted to share this one because of the subject matter. We're going to get into signs and the stars. We're getting into prophecy of revelations. Um, It's just a lot of fun, and it's the true birth of Christ story. So not only are we talking about the events that happened, but we're talking about a timeline as to when exactly that took place. And I tell you now, it was not December 25th. So if you want something outside of the box, a Christmas story that you won't hear probably anywhere else this year, stay tuned. All right, I love you guys. God bless and Merry Christmas. All right. I hope you guys are ready to read a lot. Yes. Um, this might take a little while. And for whatever reason, like my, I, I'm calm up here, but my body is nervous as a cat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I, I don't know. I got the shakes or something. It's weird. Uh, absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. Praise God. Yeah. Jess was talking about the little things and. She said I was talking about the frost or whatever. I was, but what it what it was, if I could explain it, <laughs> it was like uh, I have a long walk going from uh, the parking lot where I park at down there to the other end of the school where my classroom is. And I walk outside instead of going in the building. I just I just stroll around the outside. It's been real cold this week, and you know, it's been a thick frost on the ground or whatever. And it's still dark outside, but the light from the school hits the grass, I guess, in just the right angle while you're walking on the sidewalk. And I told her, you know, for the first time in my life, I appreciated that. Um, I don't know why I never looked at the beauty of that. It's just like the way that the light hits that frosty grass, it looked like diamonds, like, like something out of a fairy tale. You're walking down the sidewalk and there's just, it's just lit up like the, like the stars of the sky down there on the grass. And I just thought, you know, God don't have to make it that way. You know, he didn't have to do that. No. He didn't have to make that so pretty. And I used to tell, you know, our daughter that at, at sunsets, I just mentioned the sunset she saw this week that was just breathtaking. Mm. But I used to tell her, I was like, look, for this, the colors that we have in the sky, it don't have to be that way. The sun could just go down behind the mountain and yeah. be done. Yeah. You know, in the fall, these leaves we have here, we had the be- most beautiful fall ever this year, I yeah. think. It was, it was gorgeous. It don't have to be that way. No, come on, bro. You know, they can turn brown, fall over, you know, and die. That's right. It, it don't have to look like it does, but he, he does that for us. It's yeah. like these are all little gifts, little yes. little blessings, Amen. and he don't have to do that, but he does. Amen. And I just I just appreciate it, I guess, more now. Um, Amen. And that, that's kind of like part of the theme, I guess, that goes into this um, this topic this week is where he didn't have to. But he did it anyway. Amen. Um, what I'm going to talk about tonight is the first nativity. It's the birth of Christ. Amen. Good. Um, last last year on Holy Week, you know, before the Resurrection Day, I was blessed with the opportunity to come, and I talked about every day what that represented and everything else. And I, I tried to open up Holy Week a little bit to where we can understand what's going on and why and all that. Yes. And. Uh, I felt led to do that with Christmas this year, um, because 
just the thought of it is a, it's miraculous. You know, this, to wrap your head around the Virgin Mary Amen. giving birth to the Son of God, yes. who is God incarnate. Yeah. That's a lot, you know? But I just wanted to talk about the events, how it laid out, what was going on, um, the signs and wonders that God had given us Amen. from the dawn of time. From Genesis 1, God showed us what was going to happen. Amen. And I'm going to talk about that too, because it's, it's all hidden inside there. And it may have been more common knowledge to people that were born in that time than it is today, um, because they expected it. You know, they, they knew of this stuff. Yes. Um, but today, we don't. We don't know it. And I saw a post earlier today, and it, it kind of tied in with it too. It said like something to the effect of, whenever you read the Bible, you should you should go at it like you're digging for buried treasure. You know, you're you're just looking for something yeah. in there because there's there is treasure in there. Amen. Um, so we're going to start. We're going to start in Luke chapter one, and we're just going to go starting at verse five. And we're going. There's a lot to read, and I can read the majority of it. I saved my voice all day. I just played movies for the kids. <laughs> they're, they're like, are we going to do anything today? Like, nope. <laughs> I got things to do tonight. You know. So, um, so the first verse here, uh, verse five. It says, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And I'm starting here because to understand the birth of Christ in full, we have to understand John the Baptist. Amen. They, they were born along the same time. There's six months in between the two of them. John the Baptist come out to prepare the way for Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So I, we we have to start with John the Baptist yes. because it's miraculous too. Um, there's there's wonderful things that happen in here, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down some details that I found because I was trying to research details, right? Yeah. And so doing that, I found some stuff. Um, there was an author and a minister that I found online, and he had written out some things some details that they would have known in this period mm-hmm. and didn't bother explaining. But if you dig through it and you compare it to other Jewish texts, like the Mishnah, they call it. And it's what that is, is like a book that would outline, like these priests are in the temple, right? And it tells you when those priests were in the temple, what order they went in, why they did that. Amen. Because King David declared, you know, these sons of Aaron... There's uh, a dozen of them, right? There's a dozen orders of priests. So he ordered each one of them to go out and service the temple, you know, to go burn the incense and stuff like that. He had it was everything was real structured. And um, I wanted to go through through some of that because it's all for a purpose, okay? Mm-hmm. So this division of Abijah, this is an important detail that that they put in here for a reason that Luke put in here. And it's to have in order to get a timeline as of exactly when in history that this was actually happening. Okay? Amen. Because um, we all celebrate Christmas right now, December 25th, yeah. right? That's, that's when we celebrate. But if we look at the details of what was going on, we're going to see something else going on. Um, the division of Abijah, which 
Zechariah was a priest in, right? He was in the eighth division. And there's 24 divisions, okay? Now, according to 1 Chronicles 24.10, I'll, I'll just read that to you because it would probably be a pain to go back and forth as much as we're going to. Um, let's see, 1 Chronicles. It's just, it just basically says they're the order number. Uh, 24.10, it says the seventh for Hakaz, the eighth for Abijah. It's on the order of the priests there. Okay, so he was he was the eighth in line to go in here and service the temple. All of that's laid out in order, and the Jews at the time, like I said, they would have known this because it's it's these priests who are descendants of the sons of Aaron that King David divided up to perform temple services in order, and each division served for one week, twice a year. Okay, so there's 24 orders. They each get two weeks a year at different times. Yeah. And then at three times of the year, all of them come together for these festivals and these feasts. Okay? So it's a, it's, a, it's a good detail that they put in here for a reason. It helps us to understand when John the Baptist was born. Um, and the way King David did it, there's always coverage. There's always a division of priests in the temple burning the incense, giving the offerings. And uh, the year, just for clarification, when John the Baptist, when this started, this is the year 4 B.C., according to all historians, okay? Because they believe Jesus Christ was born 3 B.C. Um, so this eighth order was in service at the temple. The way that period breaks down, according to that Jewish book, the Mishnah, yeah. they would have been in there from May 19th that year until May 26th. Okay, so that's that's their one-week block that they had. That's their first rotation. Uh, they'd go in again towards the end of the year. This first rotation. So they were in there. Zacharias was in that temple from May 19th to May 26th. you got to remember that. So we're going to read Luke 1, 6 to 17. Okay, so, so he's in the temple. And they were both, he and Elizabeth were both righteous in the sight of God walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now, for it to say advanced in years, that means they were elderly. We're looking at over 60 is what the general consensus is. They were, they were older in age. Um, now, it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So whichever day was his day, they, they pulled his card for him to go, okay? Verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. So he's the only priest in the temple. He's going in here to deliver the, the, the incense, which is probably frankincense, to burn it, right? And an angel of the Lord, verse 11 an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Amen. Zacharias was troubled when he, when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. Amen. So, in true angel fashion, first thing he says, 
don't be afraid. Yeah. All right? Because yeah. it's a little freaky to see one of these guys. <laughs> and then he's inside the temple where yeah. nobody's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so it, it puts him back. And he goes on to say in verse 14, he says, You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Amen. Now, that verse, you're going to see proof of that, how John's filled with the Holy Spirit while inside of Elizabeth's womb yeah. here in just a minute. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Verse 16, he says, And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go out as a forerunner before him, capital H, as Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah. That means he's going to be a prophet to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Could you imagine an angel of the Lord coming and telling you something this profound, right? Well, Zacharias couldn't believe it either. Well, can you, you, yeah. you think what it was, too, as, as, as you're talking there, teaching on that, that the people of Israel had just become mundane. They, oh, absolutely. They had just come stagnant in their, in their walk with God. They through the emotions. Yeah, yeah. Just, and then actually there was a 400-year period of silence from they never heard anything from God. Right. From, so from Malachi till now. But um, do you think that's, that's just those, that stirring that God was showing, you know, that he was just awakening them to him, wasn't he? Right, oh yeah. He was just yeah. awakening that to him, and, and John was the forerunner. John was the one that was going to get it all started. Right, right, right. yeah, it's all coming, it's all kicking off, and it's all kicking off, and he's using John first, yes. and using this older couple that's been faithful to him. Amen. Um, Zechariah said to the angel, and this is where he he doubts. Yeah. He said, how will I know this for certain? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words, which, you, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Amen. So that's pretty severe. You know, um, he talked back, basically. He doubted. He questioned the angel of the Lord. And he hit him. It's almost like with a curse, if you want to call it that, or um, a a penance. You know, he he muted him. And I think there's a reason why. Um, But you can almost empathize here with Zacharias. Because, one... He's an old man. He hasn't seen these miracles happen. And like you said, God's been pretty much silent, according to this, for the last 400 years. Yes. And he's like, okay, so how am I supposed to do this? I'm an old man. Yes. And he said that, if you listen to it, Gabriel said, the Lord heard your uh, your prayers were heard, yeah. and you're going to be granted a son. Yeah. How long ago did they pray? Mm-hmm. How long ago did they, they pray? And they probably gave up. You know, they accepted it wasn't God's will. Because you know he wasn't praying today 
for that. Yeah, he's he's a, he's elderly. He's not praying for his son anymore. Well, it reminds me of the story of Peter when they were in the in the house praying for Peter to be loose, and then when Peter knocks on the door, they're like, no. "Oh, that's his ghost." <laughs> yeah. So it's so to show you how human they were as we are. I mean, it really brings that to the forefront. They're, they was just as human as you and I are. Right. I mean, so a lot of times we forget that they're humanity, but. So, so Zacharias and Elizabeth, they probably just minded the Lord. They accepted it, yeah. looked at it like it wasn't his will, yeah. and they went on about serving him. But God uses who he wants. That's right. When he wants. That's kind of like what we were talking about Tuesday. You yeah. know, he's, God is God. Yeah, he's going right. to do what he wants to do. That's right. Amen. Um, Amen. We'll go to the next few verses. Verse 21 is where I'm at now. And I'm I'm using the American standard, so if it sounds a little different than yours, I, I apologize. I just I just I'm kind of partial to this one. It's a good one to study with. Let's see. It says the temple the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. <laughs> and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. Yeah. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. That's important too. Yes. Because if you look at Leviticus 21, 21, it, it has a bunch of rules as to who's allowed to be inside that temple. And by law, he's not allowed in there anymore because he's a mute. Mm. There's a long list of things that'll kick you out of there. Let me see. Go to 21 real quick. It says here, Let no man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron, the priest shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish. He shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. That's right. Uh, if you go up to like 19, it says, or a man of a broken foot, a broken hand, or a hunchback, or a dwarf, or anyone who has a defect in his eye, or eczema, or scabs. Like, you have to be pretty much without blemish. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to be pure to make it into that. So, when he, when so he, yeah. So basically, Gabriel's like, shut yeah. up and go home. You're out of here. Yeah. yeah. You got a blemish. Yeah, you, you have a, a child. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be made soon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he went. Um, was he mute before this? Nope. Okay. Nope. He was. He became mute. He became mute as punishment okay. for talking back to Gabriel. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Unbelief yeah. is unbelief yeah. is what God Unbelief. Is. That's it. Okay. Now, we'll go. I'll just read a few more verses from Luke 124. I'll go on down to 30 before I interrupt myself again. All right, after these days, Elizabeth and his wife became pregnant. Now, it says days. It didn't say months. It didn't say this year. In days. Okay, so he went back home. Elizabeth became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. So she was finally given this blessing of a child. And she kept it a secret. You know, over five months there. And in the sixth month, on verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. And we know where this is going now, right? Yeah. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. 
and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, uh, can you read yours? Because mine, mine's a little different. Okay, and he says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou um, among women. Yes. Okay. It says, But she was very perplexed at this statement. And kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Like, why did he greet me in such a yeah. profound yeah. way? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, why did he, like, that's his angel of the Lord, and yeah. he's coming to me <laughs> like I'm somebody, right? And it says, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, so Gabriel appears to Mary while Elizabeth has been hiding her pregnancy. He says, Don't be afraid. I'd like to know what Gabriel looked like. Yeah. Because he must have been. Quite a specimen, yeah. right? This must have been probably either, a big giant. Yeah, 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 huge. Yeah, I would imagine uh, he was an archangel. Yeah. We know that, right? So as far as his order and class of angel, um, and he stands in the presence of God. Yeah. So he's a special, yeah. he's a special deity, a special entity, I should say, not deity, but entity. Um, but he says, "Don't be afraid." But he, then he says, uh, "This this greeting." Hell, what? How do you say it? Hail. Hail. <clears throat> Read it again, Ken. One twenty-eight. Twenty. And the angel came unto her and said, "Hail, they, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women." Yes. There's a found a tick on this podium. Um. Yeah. So that's the way he greeted her, right? And if you would look at it. I know nobody in here has ever been a Catholic <laughs> other than myself at one point. But if you look at that verse, everybody's heard of a Hail Mary, right? Yeah, yeah. That prayer, Hail Mary. Yeah. It's not worshiping Mary. I, I want to get that out there real quick. Yeah. It's not worshiping Mary. And this is the first line of the prayer. Yeah. The prayer is scriptural. And it says, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Yeah. There's another line. And blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. And you're going to see that put in here in just a second. So it, it's all from Scripture. It's nothing. It's That's nothing cool. bad. It's just a little, a, Wait, a cool little detail. What she was given, I mean, that never, ever, ever happened before in human history. Yeah. That God looked down and said, "You have found favor." Right. Me. I mean, that's just amazing. Right. I mean, just what kind of person she was. What kind know? of person? Who, that, yeah, there's well, something she about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, something um, special. She's something special about what she, how she was and who, you know, just who she was. Yes. And, he, and Gabriel goes on to tell her, he said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Amen. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel. Now, when Mary talks to the angel, it's not out of doubt. Yeah, come on. She right. she is like, okay, how's this going to happen? Yeah. Okay, just yeah, give she me, just get, the, yeah. yeah, give me the blueprints. Yeah. You know, like how's this going to happen? She said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Amen. Now behold, 
This is where Gabriel spills the beans on Elizabeth. Even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived her son at her old age, and she who will who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. That's, that's one of the the best lines that he could have possibly said for nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. That's true. And Mary said, behold, the servant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Amen. And the angel departed from her. So what kind of faithfulness did Mary have to accept such a job? You know, she didn't talk back. She didn't give him no lip. He didn't go to a man and tell a man to bear this child, right? He went to a woman. This is the most important job in the Bible, is to bear Jesus. You know, you think about uh, the youth. Now, she was a cousin, so she was substantially younger. Right. I I would imagine, like, second cousin, you know? Yeah, that's probably true. Like, mom's first cousin or something like that. You know, if she was, I mean, again, we... We, I mean, we're just talking on the word, but, right. you know, she probably, I mean, at her age, she probably didn't even know how a baby was made. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, she might not even knew how. Right. That She's completely innocent. Yeah, because she was so innocent. And she was so betrothed young. to Joseph. Yeah, she was, you know, she was, but she probably, you know, she, she might not know anything about anything. Like right. That. And maybe that was helping her faith because, okay, <laughs> you know, I haven't been married yet, but yeah. if you say so. Yeah, like, she's just, she's just innocent. Yeah. You know? Amen. Amen. Um, so Gabriel tells Mary all about Jesus, and he explained the process to her, and Mary just accepted it. And at this time, if you look at it, at right then, Mary must have conceived. Because it says in the next line, she went up, she got up and went straight to Elizabeth. Okay? So the Holy Spirit must have overshadowed her right then. Like she said, let it happen. Yeah. It must have happened right then. Um, and I'll, I'll explain why because there's, there's no time lapse the Holy Spirit was mit, was with Mary there and you're going to see that here too in verse 39 it says now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth mm-hmm. now this is going to go back to what Gabriel said to Zacharias when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Yeah. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so when Mary spoke, the Holy Spirit was still on her. Right now, just... You know, and when she spoke to Elizabeth, that Holy Spirit transferred over to her, filled yeah. her, filled her womb, and John the Baptist felt it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like that's that's amazing. I mean, just how he, yeah, he just leaked. I mean, yeah. just how it was just uh at her voice yeah, and, and she cried out Elizabeth cried out with a loud voice and she said the next line blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb mm-hmm. right so that, that's just that's beautiful too um, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me so Elizabeth recognized that right off the bat too. I guess the Holy Spirit gave that to her in that moment Mary just spoke. She just said, hey, you know, just greeted her. Yeah, hello. Yeah. And she felt the Holy Spirit come upon her. John jumped up and she said, how can this happen? How can the mother of God come in here to me? Yeah. You know? And it says, for behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. Amen. 
And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what happened, what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And then uh, Mary speaks a, a psalm, basically, or a hymn. It, it was kind of, I think it was sung, really. And it, the title of it is The Magnificat, right? And it's a very special um, nine, ten verses here that, that Mary spoke. Um, we don't have to read through all of that if you don't want to. But I would recommend if everybody wants to hear it or, or just read it for yourself later, go in there and just read this. It's kind of like one of David's psalms. Just how she's just singing praises to God. Thank you, Lord. You know about how how God is such a blessing to her Amen. and how God touches her and just loves her. Amen. And he, it, it's beautiful. So we'll, but we'll move on because there's a whole lot to read, and I, I don't want to keep you guys all night long. Plus, meanwhile, in Matthew, right? Because there's still Joseph. Yeah. Uh, jo- Joseph's going to be filled in on this, right? Yeah. So right now, what's happened? The Holy Spirit came to Elizabeth. Six months later, he came to Mary. Mary jumps up, goes to Elizabeth. Yeah. So Mary's going to wind up staying with Elizabeth for a little while. Okay. Now, I don't know if Mary traveled alone or if Joseph was somewhere else in the house yeah. or, or what the deal is. I feel like they were alone, but in that day, I, I doubt they were they were very far apart from each other. Yeah. But if we go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, we'll skip down past um, the begots and all that. Go to verse 18. Amen. Now, Matthew's account gives this, um, give this explanation real quick here. And it says, Now the birth of Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with the child by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay? And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her. He planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now this happens a lot to Joseph. If we, if we read through this, the angel of the Lord talks to Joseph in his dreams. Amen. Uh, dreams are important. I, I used to not consider dreams as much of anything, but that's where so much happens yes. is in, in our dreams. Amen. Um, where was I at? Yeah, appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Amen. She will bear a son. And you, will, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. Amen. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, again, talking about faith and obedience. In that day, you know, or in today, who would believe that? You know, my wife's pregnant. 
I'm, or my, my fiance is pregnant and I know we're saving ourselves. And I had this weird dream that, yeah. you know, it's of the Lord. Yeah. Who would wake up and be like, must be of the Lord. Yeah. You know, most people would be like, uh-uh. Yeah. Who was it? You know, <laughs> get out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, he just has that same kind of faith. Yeah. He believes, you know, and that's why God chose Mary and Joseph. Amen. They're special. They're, they're they're set apart. Um, they are. It's like you said. It. There, there was just there was two people that God had ordained for this to take place, and just how special they, like you said, they are. Because in these times, well, even in any time, really, like you said, you're you're what you want to have a right. You, you know, you just you, your mind and your your body. You just but and and to and to think that it's the Son of God. If they would have told anybody, it'd have been you're a blasphemer. Yeah. They'd have been killed on sight. Yeah. Like, you don't speak that. That ain't happening. You know what I mean? That's like, how do they do it? Yeah. You know, other than God. Amen. Um, and this little, uh, not little, but this this other person here, this angel Gabriel. Keep in mind, this is the same Gabriel. That was in the book of Daniel. Now, the book of Daniel was written about 600 years before this account. Maybe longer. So, Praise the Lord. <laughs> how long do these angels live? Are they eternal? You know? Um, and he visited Daniel in a vision. Mm-hmm. Right? He came to Zacharias in the temple. Yeah. He came to Joseph in a dream. Yeah. So... How can they just come in all these different dimensions? You know, it's like it's hard to wrap your head around what these things are. Yeah. Um, well, he was a messenger angel. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. There's there's no reason for me to doubt that at all. Um, it, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. And I don't know if he was a principality. We know that. In Daniel, he's talking about he come to tell Daniel that his prayers were answered and he was on his way, but he got tied up, right? He was in this battle until Michael came and relieved him. And Michael is the principality over Israel. He's the prince of Israel. Maybe Gabriel has a place that he's principality over. I don't know. Um, but it's just he's got an important job. <laughs> whatever whatever he Praise is, he's, pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, all right, so that's a snapshot there in Matthew of what Joseph was going through. Because he found out, so he must have been with Mary, is what I imagine. She got up, told him, hey, we've got to go see Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant, and we've got to talk on the way, you know. And so she's probably revealing this stuff to him, and he's going to sleep on it. He's thinking, I'm going to have to divorce this woman before anything happens, before I get called out. Goes to sleep, bam, there's Gabriel, lays out the law. Okay, so now they're both on board. And Jesus is coming, right? Amen. All right. So just go right back over to Luke 157. Luke 157. Yep. Because Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, which would take Elizabeth right to the end of her term, basically. But it doesn't say that Mary was there when John was born, so I imagine Mary came home before John was born. So it says she returned home, and then the next verse... Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth. 
and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother said, answered him and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. Amen. Because that's what she was told to name him, right? Yeah. And they said to her, There's no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father, you know, because yeah. he can't say nothing, yeah. as, to what they, what, as to what he wanted him to be called. And he wrote on a tablet to name him John. And they were all astonished. Yeah. You know, that they, they couldn't figure that out. That he was, it's a, part of it was probably because he was agreeing with his wife. Yeah. You know, that what she was saying was what was going on. So do you think because he agreed with Elizabeth, his mouth was open? Is that what it was? I, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had to have told her that. Yeah. And so she's telling him, that it's, no, it's going to be John. And they're like, no way. And they're asking him. He's like, yes, it's going to be John. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it says his name was John. They were all astonished, and at once his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise to God. Amen. Fear came on all of those living around them, and all these matters that were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Amen. So they knew that John's something special. Amen. Um, and then Zechariah gives his prophecy. He starts speaking. Uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, he, he was taken over and he prophesied. And we're not going to go through his entire prophecy. Um, but it's Zechariah's turn to give praise. And he, he prophesies over his son. And he, he prophesies over the, the mercy of God. And well, uh, I bet she was nonstop for, you know, being... Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he probably had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. You know? He was probably a yeah, jabber jaws and like no other there. It's probably like when Jess first comes home. And I'm like, let me tell you about my day. I, I, I talk for about 15 minutes without stopping, you know. Then yeah. <laughs> John, he was, he was a very important man. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was the one who Amen. introduced Christ to the world. Really. Yes. yes, yes. And, you know, we look at John like, people must have looked at him like he was crazy. You know, he lived out in the woods. Yeah, yeah eating locusts and wearing sackcloth and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a, an order of priests that lived that way. They were called the Essenes. And they lived off of honey and locusts. And they dressed real modest. You know, they were very faithful people. And so it's, it's believed that maybe he was of that order. But uh, clearly, he was there for Jesus. You know, and... Imagine waiting for your dad to get a baby. Right. And when he got a baby, Yep, and I bet of age it was probably not that old. No, you know, no. Um, he went out to go continue what he's supposed to do. Now they, from what I've read before, that they're not considered priests or they're not allowed to preach in temple until they're thirty. Mm-hmm. So John the Baptist is out here. He's just six months older than Jesus. Yeah. You know, so he's got a lot of work to do. 
uh, and not a whole lot of time to do it in. Yeah. You know, Jesus even later brags on him about, you know, there was no greater prophet than right. John. I mean, and it's really like you, John didn't really, in a sense of the scope, like we see Elisha or Elijah, but the, 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 the weight that was put on him. Right. It was just a magnificent, I mean, it was just wonderful. Well, John the Baptist was killed before Jesus. Jesus died at 30. 33. 30, 30. 30. Yeah. So he had to be very young to get all this done. Yes. yes. And yes. baptizing and preaching. Yep, and leading people to him. Yeah. Yep. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, now, remember what we were talking about when Zacharias was in the temple, right? Now, this is the end of May when he left the temple. Nine months later, John's born. Because he went home, and in those days, she conceived. Yeah. Right? So we've got to keep this in mind. So if it was over in the very end of May, and Elizabeth conceived in the next days, that puts John the Baptist being born in March. Okay? Yeah. Now, the birth of Christ picks up six months later. We know this because John's six months older than Jesus. Right. And that's the time of year. Um, it's also kind of New Year for the Jewish uh, faith with September. And it's also when Caesar would order his census to be taken. We're going to get into that here in just a second. Um, he calls people to come back to their homelands for the census to be taken during the dry season, mm-hmm. which is like August to October. So we know that. And... Uh, because if it's in the rainy season, everybody's less likely to travel. So John's born in March. This would put Jesus being born actually in September. In uh, the book of Revelation, that'll tell us exactly when he was born. And we'll get into that by the time this is over with. And I'm, I hope I'm not taking too awful long, but I'm just about halfway through, so just bear with me. All right. So Luke 2. Um, it says, now we go back to the hometowns for the census. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this. Census is being taken. Joseph brought pregnant Mary with him to the city of David, to Bethlehem, to be registered. Uh, while there, that's when she gives birth to Jesus in Bethlehem. The town was so full of travelers because everybody's going back home for the census. And there's also a festival coming on, a feast, a feast of horns is starting at the same time. Right? It's to celebrate the Jewish New Year, I believe, is what it was. Um, but it, it was festival time. So people's coming in in preparation for that. People's coming in for the census. And there's no room in the inn. Right? <laughs> that, that's why there's no room in the inn. Uh, so she laid Jesus in a manger. So it was because of the census that's why it was filled? Yes. Okay. It was just so full of people. Everybody's coming back home. And uh, they're going to stick around because there's a festival coming up. There's a feast, you know. They have a, one of their traditional feasts coming. So they're going to stay there. Yeah. And this is when Jesus decides to come, yeah. right, in Bethlehem. Amen. Praise and God. so she lays him in a manger, right? We all know that story. A manger, if you don't know it, it's a livestock trough. You know, so it's kind of where they would put the the feed out for the cows and the goats and the sheep and all that. They, they cleared it out, made it a bed, and laid baby Jesus down in that. Can I ask a question? Yes, ma'am. In verse 5, 
went to be taxed with his spouse wife, he raped the child. Well, did his spouse mean engaged? Yeah. Like, they weren't really married yet. Right. Be a right. But he was engaged to her. She was engaged to him to be his wife. Yes. And, they, and that was like a custom then, too, that they put they would be engaged a year or put them away for a year yep. before they married. Yep. That, was, that was just something I read. That's right. That's right. Yes, yeah, so a spouse that's that's engaged, almost like betrothed. You know, they're promised to each other. I get it, it's coming. Um. So yeah, in verse eight it says, in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay, so we know it was after dark. Yeah. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. And. Uh, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. So it kind of sounds like Gabe standing there talking to him again. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in my book, which is a little different. Right. But to Zechariah, he said, Fear not. Fear not. And to Mary, he said, Fear not. And to these shepherds, he said, Fear not. Yeah. Because he just suddenly appeared to them. So, yeah, he's like, boom, he's there, right there in front of them. Yeah. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Amen. So, you know, when I was a kid, and, and until I started studying, actually, for all my life, I just imagined, like, the heavenly host, you know, it would be a big choir of angels in the sky, you know. I don't think it was. I think they were all around in this field. Because mm-hmm. he, he was standing. The angel of the Lord was standing in front of these shepherds. And then they were surrounded by these, these heavenly hosts. Yeah. So, like, how overwhelming. Right? Oh man. You can say don't be afraid. Yeah. Somebody's afraid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, how are you not going to be afraid? Amen. Uh, it says, when the angels had gone away from them uh, into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he laid in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which was told to them by about this child. Amen. So they started, you know, testifying, you know, to Mary and Joseph. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Amen. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. I just think that's uh, that's an overwhelming thing. I don't know. They said all that heard it. So the, there must have been maybe multiple travelers Amen. staying around this area, right? Because um, all that heard it, it wouldn't be just Mary and Joseph. You know, the shepherds, they all knew the story because they all come together. So there must have been other travelers around there, you know, and they just found room in this manger to lay the newborn king. It's important to history. It is. It probably took place in Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's it's very important to history. Yeah. 
Right. Right. And had it been any other time, had it been Zacharias, and I'm probably going to get into it here, if it had been Zacharias's second term in the temple, that would have put everything being postponed, you know, like six or eight months later, which would have put them dead in the center of rainy season, which they would not have had the census. Yeah. So they wouldn't be going back to Bethlehem. You well, know? See what, what the reason they use December is that what happened was throughout our history, throughout human history, so to speak, when, when Christianity came to be so influential, the pagan holidays, they substituted them for Christian holidays. And the one was the winter solstice, December 21st, around that time is the shortest day of the year. And the pagans used to worship on that day while the Christians came and substituted that day for Christmas. But it didn't really matter. No, it's like because we're, we celebrate, the, it's like God is not wanting to reveal to us or hasn't revealed the exact day he was born. But he but, did. But he, he yeah. did. Let me show you. Let me tell you. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead. Hey, this this is good. Like my mind was blown. Uh, what this this thing that I read it told you in eight different ways how this happened. How this was the exact day, no doubt. Okay. It, and it's all scriptural. I just took the first two, okay. and I was like, that's enough for me. <laughs> this is this has to be legit, you know. And if I did all twelve or all eight ways, we'd be up here for about four hours. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Once it was time for the circumcision and days of purification, which is eight days, right? Right. He was officially named Jesus, and they took him to the temple in Jerusalem to be presented to the Lord according to law, because they are very law-abiding. Yes. Amen. While in Jerusalem, a wise old man, righteous and devout, named Simeon, yes. was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple. Now, the Spirit had told Simeon before that he wouldn't pass away until he saw the salvation of Jerusalem. So when Simeon saw Jesus at eight days old, he took him up in his arms and he said, let me find it. Now, Lord, you are releasing your servant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles, that's to us. And that gave me chills. And the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Um, also, there was a prophetess in the temple, Anna. Amen. She hadn't left the temple in 84 years. Yeah. She uh, she got married. She was married for seven years. And when her husband passed away, she was widowed. She moved into the temple and stayed there. And she feasted and or fasted. And prayed yes. and served the Lord Amen. inside that temple for 84 years. And when she saw Jesus at the same time that this is all happening, she came up and she began to thank God. And she spoke to all who were looking forward. Uh, all that were looking forward to the redemption of, uh, of Israel. She told everybody about Jesus from then on. So this woman's 100 years old. 
or probably 110. She's seen some stuff, yeah. you know. Praise the Lord. And so she she knew that this was Jesus. This was the Messiah. Yes. And so she spent her remaining days telling everybody about the Lord. Amen. Um, I just love it. So what? Both you think, you think yep. the, the Holy Spirit came to her in a time, and that's because, like you said, 84 years that she was. It'd be like going back to what, 1938. Uh, yeah. 39. I mean, going back to 1939 till now. I think about this. Yeah. How many babies came through that temple after yeah. eight days? Yeah. Amen. In 84 years. Amen. How many kids did she come? You know, she come in there and you know get prayed over, get circumcised, get yeah. named, and go home. 84 years. That's good. That's a good thought. And only one time did Simeon get led by the Holy Spirit in there, <laughs> yeah. and Anna's come up and. Fawn. Fawn <laughs> yeah. over the child of God. That's good. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, back to Matthew. We're going to go to chapter 2, verses 1 to 23. There, there's a lot to this because there's a lot to the birth of Christ. This, this is the most important day, like, like you said, this is the most important day in history. Amen. Uh, the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Amen. There's nothing else that matters in history um, if this don't matter. Amen, that's true. All right. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi, or wise men from the east, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw... (laughs) Now this is cool, okay? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Can you brought that up too? Yeah. When they heard that the king was coming, yeah. all of Jerusalem got worried yeah. because they weren't wanting that. They didn't want their king yet. They didn't want their king. No. They weren't ready for it. Uh, so gathered together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. So Jesus, if you guys notice, he's already fulfilled multiple prophecies. His birth is fulfilling prophecies. He fulfills over 300 in his life. And he's fulfilled multiple already. And he's a week old, right? And so then to you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the the child, and when you found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went their way. And the star, which had been seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, this is another thing. We always get confused. We think there's three wise men. But there wasn't. There's three gifts from the wise men. It doesn't say how many. There might have been a dozen. There might have been 50. We don't know how many wise men there were. And um, an interesting thought there. Okay, now, 
you have men in the temple. You have Levi, the, the, the priesthood, mm-hmm. knowing the Torah mm-hmm. front and backwards. I mean, word for word. They wasn't there. No. They wasn't. They wasn't looking for him. Nope. But the men of East, the East, they were, were watching. For watching for him. They were watching. It's kind of interesting. It, it is. It's very interesting. You know, because you thought that you would think that the Jewish leadership or the priests would be like, yeah, yeah, he's coming. He's this is this is the sign. Well, you got to consider. Nope. No. He, he was already a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It it took us some time to get there. Yeah. And it says that they opened their treasures. Now, I don't imagine they gave him like five gold coins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They gave him treasures. Yeah. These are priests. These these wise men, these magi, they're they're priests in of Persia, where they where they were from. Yeah. So, the gold represents kingship. Yeah. So they're giving him Perfect. gifts of gold for a king. Yes. They're giving him incense, which represented worship. Yeah. The frankincense. That, that's for worshiping. And myrrh, which is kind of dark, yeah. but it represented death. Yes. And that was one of the gifts that they gave him. Uh, myrrh is used in funeral procession. It's part of the, uh, the way they prepared the body. They used myrrh. Mm-hmm. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the wise men left for their own country by another way. Let me see. I don't want to get too far ahead. All right, let me go ahead a little bit further. Now, when they had gone, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in another dream. And he said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Now, when... When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged, and he sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which had been determined from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Amen. Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus, I think that's how you pronounce it, was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee, that's out by the sea, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was being spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Um, so you see that all these prophecies are being fulfilled. He's coming out of Egypt. Yes. You know, um, the the prophecy about the, the slaughter of these innocent babies. You know, all of this stuff is happening around Jesus. All these prophecies being fulfilled. Um, so something stood out though about these magi they, were, they said it followed his star yes. okay um, 
in Genesis 1.14. It tells you how they know that. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So stars are made for signs. Okay? Um, these wise men, they followed the signs in the heavens because they followed that star and they knew exactly what was going on or what had happened. Yes. And they went straight to Jesus. But how? Uh, what was so different about what they saw in the heavens? You know, how did they know that was his star? They had studied. They had they had learned. And I'm going to explain. Um, we stay away from anything like astrology, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want our fortunes told. We don't want our zodiac sign or anything like that. That's because it's all been perverted by the devil. Yeah. It says in Genesis that God gave us the stars as signs. Mm-hmm. So there are signs in the stars. Yes. And the people of this day knew that. And they understood that. And some of them devoted their lives to studying that and learning that. Amen. And you look at Job, um, chapter 38. I'll, I'll just read it real quick. You don't have to go there if you don't want to. Job 38, 31 and 32. It says, Can you bind the chains of the of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? These are, these are star systems in the sky, right? And it says, Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Um... So he's talking about constellations. It says, it might say Maseroth in, in the King James. And Maseroth literally means constellations, right? And constellations, those are the 12 signs of the zodiac. That they look like these, these images that they've always talked about. Um, God displays each sign in their month, right, throughout the year. There'll be a different constellation that God has placed there for us to be able to see each month, and it it, it represents that time. Yeah. So we all, like I said, we all know that the occult and witchcraft um, they they use astrology and fortune telling, and they tell you everything's by the stars or whatever. And we know that per Leviticus twenty twenty seven and Isaiah forty three or forty seven thirteen that it's forbidden. We are not to seek our futures or, or whatever by using astrology. But there's a big difference between astrology and astronomy. Yeah. Like you said, they studied these stars. They knew that those are they were astronomers, not astrologists, right? Or astrologers. Right. It's the sorcery. Yeah. It's the seeking, uh, the necromancy, the divination. They're seeking other spirits than God. Yeah. You know, and that's where you're messing up at. You don't want to get words of advice or follow anything that's not God. So we don't want to go anywhere but to God. And you can see in Acts 16, 16 through 19, that there was a fortune teller there. She was doing divination, and she was following, uh, it was Paul, wasn't it? She was following Paul around. Yeah. And he turns around and says, get out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. She had a demon inside of her. That was doing all this stuff. So we, that shows you that it's a perversion, right? Yeah. Um, she was being, they were being paid to use her. Yes. Yes. They were making... Yep. 
they they were they they allowed it to be there. That's what's so gross, yeah. you know, to make money. Um, so we know that it's demonic if they if they're using it for that kind of purpose. But the constellations have been explained also as telling God's plan of salvation. And this is what was cool for mankind through Jesus. If you if you look at how the constellations are, um, just like the entire Bible is about Jesus. All the stars are about Jesus, too. Um, the first constellation of the Zodiac. So the, the year starts in September, right? The first constellation of the Zodiac is the Virgo. That's the Virgin. You see where this is going already? Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, the 12th constellation, the last one of the year, is August. That's the Leo. That's the, the Lion of Judah. That's Jesus Christ. Uh, they also reference him with the sun. Okay? So, good? I like that. so Jesus is represented with the sun and with the, the constellation of Leo. The Virgin Mary is represented by this Virgo constellation. And we've read in Matthew and Luke of Jesus' birth, but Revelation 12 tells us about Jesus' birth through astronomy. In chapter 12, Verses 1 through 6 and verses 7 through 9, both. Um, it goes on and tells the story of the woman and the dragon, right? And how there's the, the woman's, well, I can just read some of it. A great sign appeared in heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. And then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems, and his tail swept a third of the stars away of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that she may give birth, and he might devour her child. All right, and it, it goes on, but I'm just going to get back to what it's saying here, the way it described the woman. Um, it's exemplifying Genesis 1.14, because we're seeing... This is in the heavens. These are happening with stars. Right? So these are the signs and the wonders that they're talking about in the beginning of Genesis. Um, the woman is represented by the only female constellation, the Virgin. The position of the sun and the moon, according to the astronomic calendars, that they've they've traced it back. Because you can you can do that year by year. You can get on, on Google and find it. You can track where the sun and moon are, you know, where they were in the past. Okay? So the position of the sun and the moon, according to astronomic calendars, show specific locations in relation to this Virgo constellation of that time. Now, the sun comes to her mid-body of Virgo on August 27th, 3 BC. And it exits Virgo. It comes down through and out within 20 days. And they've estimated from Persia would have been the only logical sign that they could have been looking for and seeing was this phenomenon. Because this don't usually happen. They saw that the sun was moving through the constellation of Virgo and coming out. But what makes it even more precise is that at that particular day on that year, the moon was under her feet which is exactly what it says in Revelation. Um, 
And the moon is opposite of the sun, so we know it is the opposite. So was it, was it 3 B.C. or 3 A.D.? 3 B.C. Okay. 3 B.C. Um, so this alignment brought everything together, and it only happened for 81 minutes. So they had to have just seen it happen to where the sun exited the Virgo and the moon was under her feet, and it aligned up with everything that was talked about in Revelation. And the only day that that happened, that this phenomenon was described, was in this year of 3 B.C. on the evening of September 11th. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Between the hours of 6.18 p.m. and 7.39 p.m. was when Jesus was born. <laughs> on September 11th. Um, That's wild. Yeah. So, I mean... Is it any wonder why the enemy tries to attack us and make that a, 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 a solemn day and a sad day in history? It, it it don't surprise me, but I guess. So what 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 you're saying is with the astron- astronomers, they can go back and retrace everything in our history because it's already got a pattern yes. where the stars and yes. they we, were. Yes, we know where things line and where things shift, and every year things are shifted a little different, Yeah. you know? That's but wonderful. that's the way it lined up on that day. Yeah. And well, um, so the wise men arrive in Jerusalem for the birth of the new king. Um, with Like I said, with treasures of gold yeah. for kingship, worship, and death. And Herod tried to get him to report back to, to him Jesus' location because he wanted to go out and kill, yeah. right? But they, they got wise in another dream and headed out. So we go to Matthew. Hold on, let me look here. Matthew chapter 2. I won't keep us much longer. Matthew 2? Yeah. Matthew 2. We see verses 13 through 15. When, um, when we read this, and it says that through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son... You can find that prophecy in Hosea 11.1. And also, I was just going to tell you the other reference. Um, is in Matthew 6, 16 through 18 about the slaughter of the, of the innocent children. That's in Jeremiah 31.15. And, you know, this, this is just telling you how the birth of Christ went. That he, he went through fulfilling scripture. He went through fulfilling prophecies. And it, it all come back to what me and Jess were talking about in the car on the way up here, and it just hit me. He didn't have to. No. You know, he didn't have to do it this way. Amen. Amen. Um, God can do what he wants, That's right. when he wants. But when Simeon prophesied over him, he, he said what? That he was, gonna, he was a gift to the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, he did this for us, yes. and he didn't have to do that. No. I, I don't know. I just think it's beautiful. I think that we just need to to not just be like, oh yeah, Jesus was born. You know, it's so much bigger than that. Amen. It's so much bigger than that. You know, all the 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 sun and the stars had to align just right. You know, it's like Amen. he did everything, and he did it all for us. And he come down knowing he was going to die for us. Amen. The the day he came here, he had already known. Yeah. And dogs. We were dogs. Yeah. And, and I think he did for us. 
Yeah. But he done it. Yeah. He really done it so we could be saved. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So he can graft us in. Because he, he so loved the world, right? That's he right. loved us. But uh, that, that's that's the Christmas story, the way I got it figured out there. Uh, it was given to me. Yeah. September 11th. Ain't that something <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have an experience or an encounter that you'd like to share, holler at me. You can reach me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com or by the bump phone at 304-812-0553. Leave a text or a voicemail either way and I'll get back to you. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Stick around after this for a special invitation.
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. Brother, if you would 
Better days, better days. 